1: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now here's Angie Austin and Friends with the good news.
0: Okay, some of the good news is that we're starting to get some faith-based programming on uh, you know in the movies and on TV. Have you guys watched it all? Uh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey's uh, The Jesus like um, series that's on right now on NBC? No, I've not been able to see that yet. I haven't seen it yet. Have you, Jorge? Seen it? Um, the eighty, the Bible continues. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, eighty, yes, the Bible I have. continues. Because
2: there is two series: one in history and one in ABC.
0: Yeah. Do you like the? Have you watched it? Not Another all? one from history, but okay. I like it a little
2: bit better the one from ABC.
0: Well, I have to say that um, I'm just happy that I don't know that because they've been so successful with this, mm-hmm. they're getting more and more movies, and I just want to say. Um, I was able to talk to today, and we're not going to hear it yet because the movie's not coming out until April 24th, but it's um, from the producers of Son of God, Roma Downey and Mark Burnett. It's called Little Boy, and it's about a little boy who has faith so strong that he believes he can bring his dad home from war. And it's just beautiful. It's with Michael Rappaport, who, if you saw his face, he's kind of a character actor from New York City who's pretty well known for playing a New York kind of kid or young guy. Right, right and he's not that young anymore his kids are grown and then the little boy and I felt so bad you guys because when they were getting ready to do the interview with me I could hear the little boy starting to cry in the background arguing with his dad about how he'd got up at 3 a.m. and <laughs> how he didn't how he was starting he was tired and so I wanted to say like it was, I, I was on hold but I could hear the argument I wanted to say I have a nine-year-old and he was tired this morning. I let him go back to bed and be a little bit late today because he was so sleepy. And I wanted to tell them I'm okay with this poor little boy taking a break. And so they came back and they said, would you mind if you just interviewed Michael Rappaport? I said, I'd prefer. I'm a mom. Like, let him have a break. He had tears in his eyes from the way that they were describing it, you know? Poor little man. But he apparently has like an Oscar award-winning performance according to his co, um, you know, Uh, uh, Co-star Co-star, thank you (laughs) And uh, I was going to say host Because I'm used to radio and TV His co-star Thank you Moose, you're here to provide words I can't think of (laughs) And um, I just, yeah And I was so impressed, I had tears in my eyes Just from the trailer
2: Yeah, I've uh, seen posters for it and I've heard about it But I haven't uh, actually seen the trailer But if it's that powerful just from the two minutes of that It could be quite an epic film
0: yeah, I'm excited about it. and just excited that it doesn't hit you over the head with a Bible, but it definitely talks about faith. And, you know, if Roma Downey and Mark Burnett um, are behind it, they're not going to do things against the Christian faith because their faith is so strong.
2: Right. And there's other movies. Thinking, there's one coming out called Where Hope Grows, I think is what it's called, and it's a, based on a true story of a baseball player, major leaguer, um, like his rise and fall, and the bad stuff he gets into, hooks up with a, a guy he meets the produce uh, stand in his grocery store, yeah, he has down syndrome and he calls him produce Aww. and it's a like, cool well, I stumbled across that trailer and I'm trying to track down who I can talk to to schedule interviews for it just because that trailer impacted me so much oh, I love
0: that well, you're the our movie guy you love movies movies
2: and like our um, work that we do with the arc and those kids there just I love uh, those differently abled people and uh, just being able to hang out with them and it's just great
0: me too last time we had some of the arc ambassadors on I had such a positive response from both of them they both have Facebook pages and they were posting pictures and yep. they said it was like one of the best days of their lives to come oh, in and be on the crazy. radio.
2: And I didn't know until I was looking at the ARC Facebook page that Miles is a musician yes, and he, he is. plays the piano quite well and is yeah, fun things pa- on the videos. He's
0: made, uh, named after Miles Davis. Oh, his parents okay. are musicians <laughs>
3: oh, and his nice. mom's
0: a DJ, I guess, oh, uh, okay. here in Denver. Yeah, so pretty cool. Um, so I also want to tell you guys, and we'll talk more when Pastor Moreland comes in uh, tomorrow. But um, so, you know. Moose, your kids aren't old enough yet, but Jorge, yours are. Where maybe on Sunday they might say, "Well, I don't want to go to church," or "You know, I want to play with my whatever." I'm, you know, I don't have a day off to relax. And so a couple of times I've had to tell the kids, "Come on, get ready. You know, we're going to church, right?" It happens from time to time, even though they they love their friends at church, etc. Well, I have to tell you this: Thursday Connect at Pastor Morling's Church at Denver Christian Bible Church. My kids love it so much they begged me to go. And one night, one kid was sick and um, Hope started to cry because we weren't, we weren't going to go, and she's like. I just need to learn about the Bible. I need to go. I want to go. <laughs> and so I'm like, wow, if my kid's begging me to go to a Bible study, I, I better like just round everybody up, right? Right.
2: I mean, there's... Other things they could be begging for. It's like, no, you can't have that new toy. No, you can't have that new DVD. But come on, Mom, take me to church.
0: Yeah, beg me. Begging, crying, and tears. that's
2: actually how my in-laws came back to the church because they kind of grew up in it, but then when they got married and adults, it kind of drifted away. So
0: you cried and begged them? No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So then when my brother-in-law, Sam, was like four, he heard friends from his school saying that they went to church, so he would... Biggest mom, dad, hey, they go to church, let's go to church. But then they didn't. So one Sunday morning, he got up, got himself dressed, (gasps) ran and jumped in their bed and said, get up, got to go to church. That is so (laughs) sweet. And that's kind of what started it all. They went to the neighborhood church and then just kind of snowball the from Jesus there. from there
0: yep well i have to say i i think it'll have an impact on my husband because i kind of felt before like it was me against the four of them because like if someone didn't want to go like i was the one that was always like we need to go and we need to love jesus and we need to be a family of christians and you know that was i was the leader hmm. and now the kids are on board and Hope, when they did the altar call, I knew Hope was going to raise her hand because all over spring break she was saying how excited she was to put Jesus in her heart when she got back and she thought Jesus would be in the back room. she's like, no, will I meet Jesus? Will he have my new Bible? I want to meet the real God, she told me. You know, not like the fake Santa you see. You know, she wanted the real Santa. She wanted the real Jesus, not, you know, some other dude. And so Pastor Moreland explained that, no, you know, he goes in your heart. So all over spring break, she's like, I'm so excited to put Jesus in my heart. So I knew she was going to raise her hand. So the minute he did the altar call, I peeked out of my eye and she whipped her head around as fast as lightning to look at me to see like isn't this the time isn't this the time when i put the real jesus in my heart isn't this the time and so i kind (laughs) of nodded at her and her hand shot in the the air like a bullet none of this timid stuff none of this i'm scared so i had asked one of the older ladies to you know meet her back there so then i looked over and faith raised her hand and then I saw Pastor Moreland's mom get up. We call it Granny mm-hmm. uh, Vera Moreland. And she went over and got another kid. So I said to Hope later, after she came back with her new Bible and with a smile, you couldn't wipe off her face because now she had the real Jesus in her heart. Uh-huh. I said, where's Riley? She goes, oh, he's still back there getting Jesus put into his heart. I said, <laughs> Riley went back there too? And oh. then Granny, Pastor Moreland's mom, said, oh, yeah, nobody saw his hand. And I saw it because I saw her granny get up and granny kind of quickly jogged across the room. And granny normally doesn't jog. Right, you You probably want to
2: kind of like halfway up there, but
0: or in the back, kind of, so Pastor Morland didn't see him. So they all went back, and I just thought it was neat that a couple of the older ladies in the church that the kids really love Mm -hmm. went back there, so they wouldn't be scared, you know, and went back in the back room with them. Isn't that neat? Good job, Greenie. Yeah, good job, Granny. We love Granny. All right, I've got a couple of stories. One that's kind of upsetting, but I think we all need to really think about it. And then I'm going to start with a good news story that. All we're doing is giving free publicity to Burger King, but I think it's pretty funny (laughs) because this guy, Mr. Burger, is marrying Miss King, and so now they're the Burger Kings. Of course, Burger King was all over that, so they surprised them with a little board. like As they're doing a little Skype call, Uh, the Burger King couple they're asking for like little jars with the Burger King logo and they're gonna get yo-yos for the wedding well then they hold up a board the Burger King PR person says we're paying for the whole wedding and so you'll hear them kind of start to cry but I think it's just kind of sweet because they're really not asking for much and the guy has a big beard he's like a big duck dynasty dude and when he starts to cry it just touches my heart when giant bearded men cry on camera so take a listen
4: so congratulations! Thank you. I can't believe your story's like gone viral. It's crazy, right? Very crazy. You had mentioned in the article that there was like some things that you wanted for Burger King. Do you guys want cups and, and special koozies? That'd be, well. That'd be cool. In the '70s, we had um, Burger King yo yo so we're gonna figure out a way to make you yo-yos. <laughs> That's a must. Is there anything else that you guys want, like that we can make for you? We
2: had a big one that we don't know if we could do. Go like, ahead. Uh, Mason jars with like. Your emblem on it? Yes.
4: So we have one more custom item that I just want to show you. No way!
3: Yes. Free wedding. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh!
1: But only if they present the coupon. I
0: don't that means <laughs> you, you get a free Whopper. So Everybody at the and wedding gets the a free line. Whopper. Anyway, they're cry- he's crying and he keeps crying. And I just Thank thought it was God. so sweet. He's so grateful. And uh, I just thought it was, it was sweet. But all they wanted was mason jars. But it said Burger King.
2: Yeah, and that's cool. I could just imagine what those might look like. Oh. That'd be pretty cool. Do
0: you think they'll hyphenate and do Burger King, like, you know, Sylvia Burger King and Bob Burger King?
2: Um, I don't know. I Actually, I thought about that, but, you know, you'd have to think of the children.
0: Yes, you're right. You would. So, so maybe that make you Burger. A Burger
2: King Jr. Or are you yeah. a Junior <laughs> Whopper? A
0: Burger King Jr. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, gosh, you're right. Think of the children. Think of the children. All right, there's a local story that's uh, getting some attention having to do with um, a gentleman looking for a kidney for his wife. Have we talked about this yet, Jorge? Okay, so a local guy. And I've really been touched lately by people who've gotten creative about looking for organs. I've Mm -hmm. done two stories recently where they put like a sign on their vehicle.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's loved ones looking out for loved ones and trying to go beyond conventional means to be able to help their sick loved ones.
0: And I, I, I'm just touched by a husband that's so, you know, touched, loves his wife so much that he's willing to go the extra mile. And right. you're already trying to find him because the, the, a local station did the story uh, at Channel 9, and we really like this story, so we'd like to do it as well and uh, maybe help him get a kidney. It's gone viral, mm-hmm. and so it seems like when things go viral, people come out of the woodwork wanting to help. So people have come out of the woodwork wanting to help his wife. So here's a sweet story. He is crazy about his wife.
4: After 21 years in masonry work, Bob Stewart calls himself a professional fixer.
0: If something in our house breaks, I can fix that.
4: He even built a racetrack in the backyard, albeit for toys. Oh, yeah. These are the moments of relief when his wife of 15 years, Michelle, suffers most.
1: When it comes to health, it's like, I can't fix this.
4: So I have lupus, Um, systemic lupus, so it's
5: attacked my all my vital organs
4: for more than 30 years michelle has fought pain fatigue even comas last february she and bob learned her kidneys were shutting down yeah i was pretty upset cried of course
1: sometimes i'll be alone and i'll just start you know crying about it
4: the only option was a kidney transplant the wait for a deceased donor five to six years the only way to get a living donor find one yourself
5: To me, five and six years is a scary proposition when I know that my kidneys aren't going to last another four years.
0: I am just so touched by Bob. He... He loves her so much.
2: Right. And I love how he said, if there's something to fix, I can fix it, but I couldn't fix this.
0: Yes. Well, but he kind of did because of the sign. Now he put it, you saw the sign. Is it like on his truck or something? Well,
2: it? you know, guys love their trucks. I mean, this is probably a truck that he really likes. And he went and got uh, the stick on letters you can get at uh, different car dealerships, car auto shop places. And it says, looking for a kidney for my wife. Here's, call this number and um, need it ASAP. And the, the number is to the place that helps with the kidney donation and whatnot. Okay, okay, so that's the so number. it wasn't like his, his cell phone number, which was, I was kind of hoping it would be so I could track him down because we really want to talk to this couple. But uh, the, uh, that place obviously won't <laughs> give me their phone number so I can track well, him down. Think but-
0: he, well, you'd think the place, okay, if we're trying to help them get more attention to get more kidneys and donors, you'd think that they go, look, we'll call him for you and get you in touch because you're the media. Right, right. But... They, but they don't. So if you're listening, Bob, we'd love to speak with you. AngieAustinNews at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you, shameless Bob. plug here. Yes, shameless plug here, Bob. We admire you and your love for your wife. All right, so here's the last part of Bob's story of how, you know, he want, he's trying to get this kidney for his wife, and he's doing pre- a pretty good job.
4: They tried handing out flyers, hosting fundraisers. Nothing worked.
1: It's like, geez, nobody wants the help.
4: So Bob took to the street. Friday, someone snapped this image, posted it online, and by Tuesday, the image had been viewed more than three million times. Offers to donate exploded.
1: It's amazing. It just puts a lump in your throat.
5: We were thinking we would find a person that would call. We had no idea it would become so big.
4: The next hurdle now is finding a match. That could take months.
5: I want to move to the next stage. I feel like I'm in limbo.
4: Floating in limbo, the Stuarts are hanging on to hope. If you've ever considered saving someone else's life,
1: here is your golden opportunity.
4: Boy, you just hope you
0: do that for your wife. I mean, come on, you would hope. I mean, there's there's some husbands that, you know, maybe aren't that innovative, but I think most husbands would do something like that. Oh, them. yeah, if
2: I was a match, why not? I mean, help prolong the life of the mother of my children. No, and I mean, you put the, a sign
0: on your car and drive around yeah. with like balloons, and you'd probably have, you know, balloons I, 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 and signs I probably get everybody and, in the grocery store. What's your blood type? Okay, yeah. next blood
2: type? Nope, <laughs> next.
0: Uh, uh, you wear a shirt that says, My wife needs a kidney. Yeah. I know you. You wear tennis shoes that say, My wife needs a kidney. <laughs> you wouldn't care would wear a headband. My wife needs a kidney.
2: The guy that I run the DJ company with, he actually was a perfect match for his brother when he desperately needed a kidney. So he donated one oh. to his brother. And so hearing family members do that, it's like, ah, oh, that's amazing. And it's a shame that nobody in their families is a good enough a match, good match to where it can be a, a successful uh, transplant. All
0: right. I have something that's not good news, Moose, but I want to share this because I feel like sometimes we need to be more... Um, Observative of what's going on around us. And I'm going to skip ahead, Jorge, to the story about child abuse because I did have a friend who recently witnessed something at a pool and she felt the mom was heavy-handed with her child. And so she got involved and the woman about started a fist fight. The woman's like, mind your own business and who do you think you are? And da, 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 she was already angry. Hmm. Well, this particular incident that's on video, what you're going to hear now is a couple – A man and a woman who saw a woman in California in a coal store pull a toddler that to me appears to be two to three by the hair and pull him out of the store and he was screaming. So they were already videotaping her as she was placing the car, the child in the car. And then they caught her shoving a tablet like an iPad kind of into his face to get him to be quiet. After she wiped his nose, she like grabbed the tablet and whacked him with it. Uh. And then they said, you know, why are you hitting that baby? And they turned her in and she's actually been arrested. And I believe it's the nanny, but I want you to listen to this. I don't know if I'd have the courage to do what they did, but I would call nine one one. I don't know I would videotape her, but I don't know if I would directly confront someone because sometimes they freak out on you. But I would right. definitely videotape her license plate and turn her in. Take a listen to the video. It's a little disturbing. Well it's let's be honest, it's disturbing because she's being mean to this little boy. <laughs>
1: Why are you hitting that kid like that? Hey, Why are you hitting that little baby? Why are you
0: hitting him like that? You can go to jail for that. Is that a little it's
6: boy a or a little hand girl?
0: It's a little Okay, um, thank you, uh, we have a license plate member. Hitting a innocent kid that can't protect themselves. How do you feel? Hitting a kid that can't protect themselves. So she she, to you she continues to go on, and I'm not going to play all the confrontation because it gets pretty heated from the woman who's with the guy videotaping because she's so angry, right. you know, and so she starts really telling off the lady and gets a little bit too graphic for the radio. But um, the woman has been arrested, so I, th- I think we need to be aware and get involved if necessary, but maybe call 911 rather than confront them directly. What do you think?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, get the video on tape because that's, like, Change a lot of court cases and other police reports that's happened in the past weeks, and having that uh, evidence is, you know, if it's on tape, it's it's really heavy to hold. And um, just uh, there's a video last week that went viral too of a guy beating a toddler right in the face in the middle of a convenience store. I couldn't, couldn't even watch
0: it. it. I saw it. And it like, said it was disturbing. Yeah,
2: I saw the title, and I just couldn't even. There was a still of the dad winding up ready to hit, and I just couldn't watch it. And it's just, you know, if you need to take a moment breathe. Count to 10. Do something. Uh, but my to kind of put a lighter note on this, my wife is a car seat technician. She helps moms make sure that their car seats are definitely put in the cars correctly. And she had a co-worker who has these dolls that moms practice on putting in the car seats. But the dolls are really lifelike. The mom went into the store to get something, came back out, and saw a guy ready to bust her door open with a hammer to get the baby out. But it was a fake baby.
0: Oh my goodness. It was the fake baby You looked so real. Well, I just have to say, I think that we need to do the right thing to protect kids as much as we can and to be observative and pay attention to what's going on, even if we don't, um, you know, confront them directly. The rescue mission, an amazing story next on The Good News.
1: Where the love of God meets your life. 810 a.m. KLBZ.
0: Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. A thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a $1,000. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC. And all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, Tell us a little more, Miranda.
4: Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports, churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. So collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a
0: great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and
4: instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arkthrift.org. Click on Mission and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause and you'll find my contact information there.
0: Excellent. A buck a bag.
3: Monica Hawkins Ministries is an evangelical ministry whose focus is to serve others and to be a voice that shares the Word of God and His love. We would like for you and your family to come and fellowship with us during our biweekly Bible study. And on the first Saturday of every month, we have our women's ministry, Women of Strength. Our Bible studies are located at the Highlands Ranch East Ridge Recreation Center. For more information, please visit our website, Monica Hawkins Ministries,
0: Well, if you want to attain your dreams And you want to reach your goals Carrie Conley is the woman to do it And we just had a great seminar, boy That was fun and we learned so much we It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year, very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core and they made a huge shift in their life and that's
3: what it's all about.
0: Well, you've really guided me in my career achieving some of the goals that you know I had in mind over the last year, you helped me write it all down If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you, and how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, InfiniteNation.com, and what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank
1: you. Christ's love in his word. The new 810 AM KLVZ.
0: Welcome back to The Good News. Well, I have to be honest with you. The Denver Rescue Mission is part of the reason I started The Good News because I was in TV news for all those years, 11 years at Channel 2 here in Denver, doing the weather anchoring, and I just felt there was so much good in the world that was not coming onto your TV screen. So while you ate your Cheerios, I made you cry. Well, I told you about all the terrible news. And I don't want to make people cry while they eat their Cheerios. I want to actually bring them some hope. And so um, the Denver Rescue Mission, we'd done several stories over my years there on the fact that they needed turkeys. And I knew that they were doing a lot more good work than just eating turkey. And so I uh, started investigating what some of their programs were and started having some guests come in. And now every month you hear from the Denver Rescue Mission on my show because we bring in some of their success stories and so before we get to our success story anthony ling i want to go to steve swihart who is the graduate chaplain at the denver rescue mission and talk about a little bit about what you do because you get to work with uh, uh, the guys that have you know been successful in the program that's
7: exciting oh very exciting yes
0: Talk about this the transformation that you see happen in the New Life program. Because to be honest with you, in all the interviews I do, and I do almost 600 a month, I have 600 interview segments on all my shows, I've never talked with more people who've had more success Uh, in terms of overcoming addiction because it is a tricky bugger Mm. and something about you infusing faith in the program the length of the program the life skills you teach it's like you teach them how to live all over again it's a new
7: life program exactly exactly well it's not unusual for a participant to come in our program with you know a lot of areas of of need whether it's uh, you know some legal issues or possibly undereducated unemployable or whatever and uh, along accompanying with uh, the addiction issues that uh, I think about 85% of the uh, the men who come in our program have. And so uh, Denver Rescue Mission New Life Program just offers hope in all these areas. Uh, they're assigned a chaplain who's going to help them navigate through some of these rough waters. And uh, uh, we have a, a education center where um, they are a uh, uh, brought up to uh, to the level they need to uh, either go on to further education or to get their GEDs or whatever the case may be And uh, that along with work therapy gets them back into the swing of, of uh, Doing regular uh, Work shifts and uh, getting acclimated to that so almost every aspect of, of the new life program uh, addresses those needs that a, a participant will enter the program having yeah. You know,
0: so. And Steve, can I throw something out? First of sure. all, I think that um, that you know Jesus in your heart gives you a lot of hope and makes you realize how wonderful you were made. Absolutely. And I think that that's such a an amazing component, right. transformational component right. of what you guys do. Yes. And the other thing I think that I, I I'm kind of on a kick right now to get people to stop judging people who have addictions and who've made choices that maybe they see as like right. that person. Like, let's say if we just look at Anthony Ling, and Anthony's sitting right in front of me, mm-hmm. cute as a button, by the way. So he if we just look at we just look at, oh, he had a DUI or he lost his license or he lost track with his family. People will make judgments just like that. Sure. Here's yeah. what I want people to stop doing. I want people to stop looking at Anthony Ling as the adult with that. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes a lot of people with addictions didn't start at the same starting line many other people did. Mm -hmm. I feel like if your parents are divorced, if there are drugs in the home, if your dad's in prison, if your mom's not there, if your mom commits suicide, if there's abuse in the home, how on earth are you supposed to grow up in an environment where you don't have all the tools, your parents don't have all the tools, and then everybody's like, Okay, you turned eighteen, you're supposed to be perfect now. Mm-hmm. And so they're dealing oftentimes with pains and I say this because I have a brother who's a meth addict, he's homeless. I haven't mm-hmm. talked to him since last time he left me a message was Mother's Day last year, just to say I save it. I listen to it, it makes me cry right yeah. now thinking about it. I still save it and listen to it. Sure. But he's hurting, and so people just see him on the street and just make a judgment right away that some, that he's a bad person. Right.
7: But they're hurting people. Absolutely yes. A lot of a lot of baggage they carry, you know, into into their adulthood. And so, uh, I certainly agree with you. And it's it's much wiser, in my opinion, to see what Christ uh, can do in a life and how Christ views them. And and certainly. Uh, As you mentioned, we see that transformation on a regular basis.
0: Which is, I have to be honest, you guys give me hope that someday, because i would given up hope on my brother for sure. He's in his 40s now, and he's been this way since about 12, but he first was given marijuana when he was around six, and he grew up on drugs, dropped out of school really young, was in juvenile detention, and I feel like um, when you start off that far behind the finish line, you are crawling trying to get back up to the finish line. That's right. And I feel like if we saw someone hurting at the age of six or eight or 12, we'd be like, oh my goodness, that poor kid, he's in an abusive householder. People gave him marijuana. Like, I have sympathy and empathy for him. The minute they turn 18, they start breaking the law. What a horrible kid. He's a bad man. Yeah. And why do we have sympathy when they're in the midst? I see you nodding, Anthony. Why do we have <laughs> sympathy in the midst of their, you know, abuse, but then once they're fully baked, but they haven't really been brought up, you know I mean? I say right. fully baked as not okay, yeah. you're done, you're raised. Um, I feel like you guys raise them again at the New Life Program.
7: Oh, I think that's, that's a good analogy. I believe that uh, a chaplain does take a parenting role, and I shouldn't limit it to uh, just a chaplain. Uh, Anthony, for instance, has had a good relationship with our facility assistants, and uh, he, uh, we, we've all benefited from just the, uh, the, the good counsel from chefs or work therapy supervisors.
0: Yeah, it's a real supportive environment. Yeah, it's it's a
7: good community, a good family environment.
0: And where you guys are at the crossing, when I've sat down, I don't serve a lot. I'm not saying I'm there every week, but I've served there probably 10 times. Mm -hmm. So in the 10 times I've been there, um, after I'm done uh, serving, um, Miss Tuesday, who I understand just passed away, which breaks my heart. I loved her. We all do. She would say, you know, Angie, grab some food and sit down. And in the beginning, (laughs) a couple first times, I was like, well, no, I have taken somebody's food. She goes, no, sit down. And then I'd sit down with the guys, and I'd get to hear their stories, and I found it very touching. And Anthony, you're nodding because, you know, you're just like everybody else. You got a story you want to be loved. And so I love the idea that you're given another chance. And especially with the faith infused into you, like you're forgiven and set free. Yes. So let's talk about your story, Anthony Ling. Welcome to the show. You're a New Life graduate. Let's hear your story. Well, oops.
5: I'm, I'm from a little town out of South Carolina. And uh, I come from... A very abusive home, uh my father was an alcoholic, and um I came from an abusive home, like I said, and I accumulate that into my life as well, I, and, I,
0: and I think that it becomes part of your fiber, your coping mechanisms become part of who you are when you're trying to survive abuse,
5: yes, you know um. Surviving abuse for me was when I came to the Denver Rescue Mission here in Denver, Colorado, I had no clue that I would better my living situation, my life, my drugs usage. Uh, When I first got here, I was just looking for means just to survive day to day.
0: Yeah, just get by.
5: Just to get by. And that's but, not the
0: That's and you don't have to live like that. Now you know that
5: exactly. And um, I'm so blessed uh, to be able to say today that the Denver Rescue Mission have helped me see different. Yeah. You know, spiritually, and um, spiritually, and just want to live again. You know, I remember the times that I wanted to take my own life, and today I don't want to do that because of the Denver Rescue Mission has given me hope yeah you know to want to live again to uh was able to restore relationships with my family kids um and that sisters and brothers you know and other people was in my life uh, that's in my life that i was able to uh, restore that relationship um those things mean so much to me today i'll bet and uh uh I have a
0: question. Growing up in your family, and you said it was abusive, and you have siblings. How many kids in the family?
5: Siblings. I have uh, had five brothers and uh, eight sisters.
0: Big family. Yes. Wow. Okay, so things are tough at home, and then you grow up. When do you start using drugs or or alcohol?
5: started using drugs and alcohol at a a young age. Um, My father used to keep it around the house, and I would always sneak into it and that when it started
0: and so that kind of gave you that little bit of uh what did it give you kind of like a little escape from maybe the pain or kind of took your mind off of things that weren't going well or was it just experimentation like what's this stuff dad's using what lured you what kind of uh, tempted you to try
5: at that time it was the uh just doing it for the fun of it uh just yeah just the fun it's, it's just the fun of it and never thinking that it would become or uh a life-threatening uh, abuse.
0: So then you end up, you know, growing up, but I understand at some point you became a truck driver and still ha- were battling the drug and alcohol issues?
5: I uh, became a truck driver and um, I was still battling. I managed to stay clean for 11 years at that time and um, my father passed away and I wouldn't say it's an excuse because it's not an excuse that I know that today, but it it had bothered me so much, and I loved my father so, and um, I used that excuse to uh, go back out and drink and drug again. So,
0: 11 years clean, then you start drinking and using drugs again. And at that point, do you have any? Do you have a family of your own? Do you have kids of your own at that point?
5: Yes, at that point, I have had custody of my two daughters, my two beautiful daughters, and I had got remarried. And our marriage uh, was pretty much broken. Uh, it was surrounded round drugs and alcohol.
0: So here you are. You've lost your dad. You've got a job. You've got custody of two, your two daughters. And you start drinking again. And then you, you get in trouble. Um, you lost your license. And that's how you made a living. You got a DUI? Yes.
5: yes I never had a DUI, thank God. But I got by. But I, I didn't pay unpaid tickets. I didn't pay them. And I would get a ticket. I didn't pay the ticket. Oh, I
0: see. Well, you're driving. You got tickets. Yes. So not a DUI. I apologize. Yes. So, but so you're you're still you're battling the drug addiction. You're getting tickets, and the unpaid tickets right. then took your license away, so yes. you could no longer make a living as a truck driver, which is a good living. Yes. So then what?
5: Well, um, I had to start going to these little other jobs to get work, like labor. So you wanted finance, to work. So yes, uh, I did work, but at that time I just couldn't uh function as well uh as being a truck driver. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I started losing things, you know, had a new home, cars Oh, uh, so
0: you started losing like your that. home and your and, vehicles yes, and such and, so you you really had built up a life for yourself with your family your wife your kids a home you yes. know you had everything that society's like wow well, you're doing all right but exactly. you were you were juggling with this right. addiction did other people know that you were addicted
5: of course immediately uh, my sisters was always uh, noticing oh they, my the six sisters
0: moved. were keeping an eye on yes. you <laughs> i yes. bet they
8: were
5: i'm the youngest of uh, all of them and um, oh, the
0: youngest of all yes wow
5: and i think i probably the only one had the drug addiction
0: uh uh-huh. so they cared they loved you yes. they they kept they didn't give up on you
5: well they loved me and loved me until they had really started giving me tough love
0: Okay, so you started wearing, a lot of people will say, well, you know, oh, you got all the eight brothers, the six sisters, why don't you stay with one of them? But people who don't have an addict in the family don't realize that you start to burn bridges. I remember when my brother moved in with me for a short, one of my brothers was murdered. My brother moves in with me after that, and then he starts um, bringing drugs and alcohol in. Well, I was um, working at NBC in Los Angeles. I had a really responsible news job. I was on air, like, I couldn't have a drug addict, like, using in my home. So then he moved into the planter outside my building. Well, that's kind of weird when your brother lives in the plant or outside your building and then he started panhandling outside of NBC and Burbank and people don't realize that like then you they burn bridges like they start stealing he would break into my apartment at times during our you know um, relationship and it gets very difficult to continue to be a loving supportive sister exactly. which i was and the people well, why is your brother homeless why doesn't he live with you or why why haven't you gotten him help they don't realize when they don't have an addict in the family you can try and try and try but you so, can't make someone
5: better exactly it's tough, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. It's a tough thing to do because just like you said about burning bridges, uh, we continuously burn those bridges over and over again because we know that you guys love us. Right. You see, and then we will just keep doing it and keep doing it. It's a crutch that we use.
0: the a tough love worked yeah. on you?
5: oh, if, Indeed.
0: All right, so let's talk about what led you to the Denver Rescue Mission's New Life program. What finally brought you there?
5: Uh what finally brought me there, I came to the state of Colorado and um, I had a vehicle, driving it with no license, and um working out of uh labor ready, what they would call it, and uh not being able to live productive, you know. Life is this was going study going downhill. Well, I can tell you're a
0: proud man. You wanted to support yourself. You wanted to work. Yes. And so life's going downhill. How do you find out about the rescue mission?
5: Well, I just went downtown one day, and I end up at this place called St. Francis, and I started asking questions about because I wanted help at that point. So I started asking questions, and I was led to the Denver Rescue Mission, and uh, there was Mr. J. Earl. Uh, I talked with him and he told me to come back on Friday and, uh, I did. And I was into program back in December 6th w- of t- 2013.
0: I want to ask about that. We only have like two minutes left. So I want to get this part of it. Cause I think the faith aspect is so important to the new life program. Yes. Did the faith part the component of the program, what did that mean to you? How did that impact you or help you?
5: The faith, I got committed. I uh, started uh committing myself to the faith and and God, the God of my understanding. Um and my chaplain and uh they helped me real well and my uh uh what would you call the uh, uh I'm sorry oh, no, mentor mentor my mentor, he was a great success in my life as well and helped me out a whole lot in the faith and stuff like that. And I have joined a church. Uh, My church is a Church of Christ, you know? And I enjoy it.
0: Uh, And your daughters. I want to make sure. um, I know that one of your daughters and well, some of your your family, some of your family you have back in your life, because that's the beautiful thing about the New Life program. They don't just help you, Anthony. I feel like they help the families, like people get their dad back again.
5: Yeah. My daughter, my grands, I have five grands and uh, two daughters. And uh, they, it's such a beautiful thing to have them back in my life because I I longed for that when the emptiness in my heart was a part of them, was just waiting, uh, wanting them in my life. And that was one part of my emptiness as well.
0: Well, like you said, you don't feel like you want to end your life anymore in that? No. Those grandkids, I'll bet, make life and the daughters really um,
5: worthwhile, huh? Yes, they do.
0: Oh, I, lo- I I love Anthony. Thanks, you made my day. Uh, Steve Swihart, You know, when we hear Anthony's story, you see these li- lives transform like his all the time. I just want people to know that, like, if they're feeling dark, if they're feeling low, there is hope, and that you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live like our friend Jeff. We were talking about who actually tried to commit suicide, and Anthony, who didn't want to go on, and that you know, God can put something in their heart that gives them joy back again, and That's joy right. is a beautiful thing to have. Right. Steve Swihart, what's the rescue mission website for people who want information? on the new life program or maybe want to volunteer be a mentor
7: yeah just uh www denver rescue mission, one Mission, uh, it'll guide you from there
0: you love what you do don't you I do you're happy now aren't you anthony yes i am i can tell you are <laughs> you got a good smile all right thanks so much guys a real pleasure a real blessing to be able to work with the denver rescue mission and share their stories we'll be right back with the good news
1: we know Christ loves us and he gave us his son for us his love shines through on 810 a.m. KLVZ
0: Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching and there's so much love in that church and I've never felt more welcome and I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just I I love going to church now. I learn something every week and I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me
7: cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people. And two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus.
0: Thursday night we connect you can go to dinner you get to know people and then on Sundays I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning and I feel I'm always hugged I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there and so I feel like I'm growing but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church so people would like to come how do they reach
7: you Pastor Moreland? please go to our website you can download our sermons for free and find out where we are
3: denverbible.org Monica Hawkins Ministries is an evangelical ministry whose focus is to serve others and to be a voice that shares the Word of God and His love. We would like for you and your family to come and fellowship with us during our bi-weekly Bible study. And on the first Saturday of every month, we have our women's ministry, Women of Strength. Our Bible studies are located at the Highlands Ranch East Ridge Recreation Center. For more information, please visit our website, Monica Hawkins Ministries, This
6: is a good place. I really like it.
2: This is Eric. He's an ambassador with Arc Thrift Stores. Yeah, I
6: started at the Brick break and sorting the different Brick break stuff also. Then I went to the Showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier.
2: He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace
6: because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job.
2: And he loves where he works. I'm
6: the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags.
2: Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at Arc Thrift Stores.
6: It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around there.
2: Arc needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or Arc Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arc
1: Yeah,
6: overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about Arc
1: the word and music that expresses his love for us. The new 810 AM KLVZ.
0: Welcome back to the good news. Monica Hawkins is here and she has a book that's coming out. You're worth the wait. Don't settle for a copy with Monica Hawkins Ministries. You are a fabulous lady. Thanks for coming in.
8: Thanks, Angie, for having me in today.
0: All right, let's talk about this. In the past, when you've been in, we 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 bonded initially over. I lost my brother to murder. Mm-hmm. You lost your son to murder. He'd yes. come home for uh, from college on uh, a break, and you lost him. Mm-hmm. One of two two sons. So you have your one son left, and you lost your little baby. Yes. So we've talked a lot about forgiveness and how um, your anger and wanting to get even kind of red, even it, though you were in the ministry, led you down the wrong path.
8: Absolutely.
0: And you have a passion for helping others.
8: Absolutely. I have a passion for serving others and knowing the power of the word of God when you apply it in your life, because the word is relevant for any situation you may go through. So I love um, helping others and serving others by, you know, the gospel or any means, you know, um, that God allows me to do it.
0: And do you feel like in a way that your son would just really be proud of what you're doing? Like it's a it's a neat legacy that you love so many people and help so many people?
8: Absolutely. I feel especially with um, the foundation that I started in on behalf of his memory, delivering more help. Um, we're getting ready to release, um, give um, five kids that's going to college um a scholarship so it makes me feel that he's a part of me now you know in expanding what he started yeah. in good hopes at his college and now expanding and it's like it's reaching across united states it's like really nice so yes i do feel like especially with this with that particular initiative yeah, that he'd be so proud mm-hmm. all right let's talk about uh, you're worth the wait don't settle for a copy what is this b- book
0: going to be about
8: Oh my goodness, this is a great book. It's going to talk about my journey of living celibate um, for the last 11 years. Um, I didn't know it was about that. Oh. The
0: hay. <laughs> My eyes got all big. Okay. <laughs> Just parents, if you're listening, it will be an adult topic that we're going to discuss here. I don't even know what that word means. That's the funny thing, mommy. What does that mean? Yes,
8: yes. <laughs> and it's it's really wanting to encourage men and women that you're worth the wait. That God has a purpose for you, even though you're in your single season. How you wait and how you are caring for the things of the Lord. The Bible says the single Singles care for the things of the Lord. So I'm going to share my journey after divorce and me walking into my singleness and really finding my purpose um, and part of my destiny in God. So I'm really excited about that and wanting to give back to women and men. Um, Sometimes we still focus on the women, but we give up on the men and they pick women that are not good for them. Oh, Um,
0: interesting. And
8: they don't pick good women, so they don't find that favor. Um, that's with God and man. So it's going to speak to women, men and women that you're a good thing.
0: I think you make a really good point because I think we focus so much on the protecting the women, making sure that, you know, even in a Christian singles group, that they find men that respect them and honor their desires as a Christian to stay pure. But then we don't really address the whole topic of Christian men, if you're going looking for the wrong kind of woman, if you're not looking for someone who meets you, I remember once hearing in a uh, singles Bible study something about, you're looking for another single person that is running for the cross as fast as you are. And when you look over, they're running just as fast as you are for the cross. So like your faith, you're equally yoked. You're mm-hmm. equally passionate about mm-hmm. your faith. And so with that said, these guys can't just look at, you know, all the sparkles and the glitter and like, oh, she's perfect for me because I'm attracted to her. Absolutely. They also have to look into her heart and know that they, if faith's important to him, faith better be important to her or it's going to be a very difficult situation.
8: It's definitely going to be a difficult road for them and and like I said a lot of us don't focus on the men and the men are are um, Feel emotions just like we do, um, but they just express them differently. And a lot of times, as you can see, if a man doesn't find a good wife, he doesn't find favor with God and with man. So it's imperative that men learn how to, you know, find a woman that's um, suitable for him, the help meet that's suitable for him. And so I tell the men too in a chapter, you are worth the weight as well.
0: I agree, and I think that you know one of my girlfriends has gotten frustrated remaining um, single, and she said, "Well, I don't know if it's as important for me anymore to wait for you know Christian guy for like the right guy and wait till marriage." And I was so stunned because my entire friendship with her it's been the number one thing in her life, and so it made me sad that she feels so discouraged dating out there that she might not be able to find the right Christian guy or that might not be an important thing for her. And when I met my husband, I was going to church and I met him through professional through the station where I worked he was one um, he actually helped hire me as one of the directors and so I worked with him and saw you know how he treated people and how he handled conflict and how he was so respectful of people never pointed the finger and blamed you know his mistake on others and so I started dating him after knowing him about a year and he asked if he could come to church with me. But prior to that, I had always been looking for someone within the church or maybe a church singles group, which I know church singles groups can sometimes be kind of creepy, but you know, hey, give them a shot. You're not looking for a hundred people. You're looking for one in the crowd of a hundred, you know? So when you walk in, if you feel uncomfortable, you're not dating every one of them. You're just looking for one person. Because I remember walking into the room at different times and going, oh boy, because I tried different (laughs) Christian singles groups and it's not easy. I, I have, I didn't get married till my 30s. So I understand. And I feel for people that feel like, well, I'm just going to, um, like you said, you're worth the wait rather than, than just settling and going, well, oh, it's not going to happen. So this is good enough.
8: And you know what, Angie, honestly, that's why I love the Bible. It gives us the prescription as women. He said, he that findeth a good thing, findeth favor faith with God and with man. So as a woman, as a woman, you shouldn't be looking. He should be finding you and so what does that pressure off that's exactly and so what does that weight mean the bible says the the single care for the things of the lord and the blessings of god will make rich and add no sorrows and that blessing will overtake you so as a woman being single for the last 11 years i never dated during that time and learning how to find who i am so i can be whole on this side because if you don't get yourself together on this side if i do When you get on the other
0: side, it's going to be hard. No kidding. Good point, Monica Hawkins. All right, the book will be coming out. You are worth the wait. Don't settle for a copy. How do people find you?
8: Yes, go to www.monicahawkinsministries.org. Excellent. Thanks, Monica. Thanks, Angie.
1: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angiaustinradio.com.